Welcome everyone to the B2B Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today we have the privilege of having Dennis Dubner on the call. And what makes Dennis so incredible that we're going to want to learn from is Dennis is actually the CEO of two companies. As if that probably wasn't enough, Dennis, to, to be the CEO of one company, let alone two. I know in the past, you've also uh, been the CMO of a company and accomplished many great things. Both of your companies operate internationally, um, all throughout Europe, all throughout the United States, um, all throughout the country and the world. So maybe if you could tell us a little bit about the companies that you're the CEO of and your background, and we'll get started that way. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for having me. Um, so the first company is actually is a SaaS company called Translate.com. That uh, company helping others to go international uh, through localizing their content with uh, enhanced technology, doing things very fast and uh, accurate. And the second company is called Wow Twenty Four Seven, and that's the uh, customer support outsourcing company helping others to go so also internationalize their business so a german company entering into the italian market or a french market or the american company uh willing to serve their customers within the us uh, in spanish language so we help them to communicate to their customers uh in uh, more than 20 languages really fantastic i mean that's uh such a need for that. And I know that we talked a lot before and how easy you make that process. So um, we'll we'll find a way for anybody that wants to talk to you at the end of this to, to follow you as well and get in touch with you. But I want to get into the meat of the subject matter here. And this series is all about what CEOs want from their CMOs. Could you shed right. some light on that? What are the priorities in your mind? As a two-time CEO, CEOs of both companies at the same time right now, what do you want from your CMOs? Um, Steve, I think we are all different as CEOs, right? Um, everyone is unique. I'm coming from marketing background. I used to be a CMO. So I'm probably not uh, a typical CEO. Often CFOs become CEOs, right? Yes. CMOs, not that often, but it happens. So um, I think many CEOs want leads. They want sales, they want leads. They address the small percentage of the uh, uh, their customer base and audience, potential customers through um, paid ads and stuff like that, right? Um, while a person, a CEO with a marketing background and someone who understands uh, the importance of the content and uh, uh, addressing the rest of their audience, something as, as somebody who don't know you yet. So I think the magic is right there. So me as a CEO, I want brand awareness. I want people to trust us, like us, know us before they reach out to us. And I do not like to be in the position when we need to reach to someone who don't know us, don't trust us, don't like us. Uh, I don't like to be, a, you know, don't like to be a faceless uh, company approaching someone in cold. Um, so, yeah. So 
you said a number of really important things there. Maybe break that down just a little bit. Um, so I know that in um, when we were talking before we were recording here, one of the very first things that you said was that I want my CMOs to know the customers and what happens when they know the customers versus when they don't know the company customers and what the impact that is. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so when I was a CMO, that was for me you know, the biggest uh, achievement in terms of growth within a very short period of time. So I was working for a company in the aesthetic medicine, in cosmetics and cosmetology. And basically within one and a half years from top 20 company in the country, we became top two through really understanding the customer. But I was lucky when I joined the company, people uh, within the company knew their customers so well. So they just needed a little bit of structure. So we started to do webinars, offline events. Uh, we became the best educator for them. We attracted the best coaches, the best doctors, everybody the best so they can learn. And that locks them in, you know. So in the end, you know, one uh, was in, there was funny uh, comment from one of our largest customers. He said that uh, if one of your competitors call us, we give them two names, your company and the, you know, the, one, the largest company in the world in aesthetic medicine that patented every single thing that you know of. Uh, so they just say to the competitors, you know, if you are one of those two, we'll talk to you. If you are <sighs> not one of those two, I'm sorry. So, and that's the beauty of uh, being valuable. Uh, and you can be valuable only if you know the customer. You don't even talk about your product. You just talk about something that worries them, uh, that helps uh, do their job better, entertain them, cry with them, smile with them, everything with them. But you, you've got to understand them. You're talking about B2B buyers, right? And you're talking about educating. You're talking about building trust and building respect. And, you know, how you do that. The last time that we spoke, you had just been on the phone all day with customers. When you came in as a CMO to that company, you said, all I did was talk to customers. It was interesting because I was just introduced to uh, a gentleman who is in a private equity firm, does deals with all B2B, all SaaS. And they take over these companies. And he said, the number one thing he does, he goes, I'm on the phone and I'll, I'll call 20 customers. And the only reason why I do that is because I have to know how valuable this company is, right? And what you're doing is you're saying the same things. He's trying to understand the customers in order to understand the overall value of the company. You're trying to understand the customers in order to be able to market and project the value of the company, right? And so it makes sense from, from every angle. But one of the things that you said in there was that it was the kind of content that you were providing. One thing you didn't mention in there didn't seem to be in the world of feature benefit, right? You know, it was, you were educating, right? Yeah. And you even said entertaining. You were, sounds to me like you're building a relationship as a consultant in the industry, as somebody that should be trusted, that what you say matters, you understand them, you understand their business, you understand the dynamics of the industry. So therefore, 
you're highly valuable to them beyond what the actual company itself does. And therefore you, you build your brand equity. Yes. Yes. I've been in brand strategy for a long time. I worked with the, the guy that went on to be the CMO of McDonald's and taught, taught me how to do brand. And that's not usually a part of when you think about brand equity, right? Is your expert status. But in the B2B world these days, especially where before they ever talk to somebody inside of a company, they've already done up to 70% of their research. They've usually determined in their own mind who they're going to talk to. So that content and that that brand equity that you're talking about, would you agree that that's like that that marketing is actually a much more important part of the sales process than it ever has been before? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we are living in the world of internet. Everybody, you know, sees things. There is the place is noisy right now. Yeah, it's much noisy than much noisier than ever before. And, you know, one touch doesn't work no no more. So, you know, I've seen the stats. So, you know, before you, you need like probably three to five touches uh, with your customer before you can sell to them. Right now, the stats are getting closer to 20. Right. Yeah. Closer to so 20 got... and across that omni-channel world, right? Like yeah. so many different places, so many different levels. Everywhere. And you've got, to be, you've got to be consistent. And if you, again, coming back to knowing your customer, if you don't know your customer, there is no way you can be consistent for 20, 50, 100 touches before they'll like you and trust you and know you. Right. <laughs> now, something right. else that you had said a little bit earlier that I just put into a mental um, you know, block to, to say, we got to come back to this is you said that traditionally CEOs want more leads. Right? They still do. But, but you have a different perspective on that. Tell us that perspective, please. <laughs> it sounds it sounds a bit odd, right? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Of course, you know <laughs> we still look at the number of MQLs and SQLs and everything, right? But I think the focus uh, right now should be on the top of the funnel. Um, you've got to build a relationship with those who don't know you, right? And you do this through content, you do this through many different uh, ways, but uh, if you can only ad address the bottom of the funnel, nothing is going to work. At least you're limiting yourself to a very slow growth. So when you talk about, you know, focusing on the top of the funnel, you're talking about 97, 98% of the people don't even know who you are, right? Exactly. Yeah. And... Why, you know, one line of thought would, would say, you know, I'm going to wait, I'm going to do some content, I'm going to see who fills out a form, and I'm going to, you know, they're going to raise their hand in some way, and then I'm going to spend the vast majority of my time on, on that. Give us a little bit of the balance in terms of, you know, your marketing resources and how you direct them in your companies to getting introduced and establishing relationships versus working on the MQL to an SQL to convert, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. So at translate.com, I just joined the company two months ago. So all I do right now is talk to customers. Because me, you know, I do need to understand, because we have different ICPs, so many different profiles, and that's an issue too. 
So we are serving too many customers right now. And I do need to understand every single one to take the company strategically to the right direction right now. Okay, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Um, so, and that takes time um, to understand. Um, in, in, in general, like before, um, uh, you've got to, it's really, my, my personal opinion is that, you know, um, I can see that a lot in uh, in the past, and I talk to my friends CEOs all the time too, and they make their SMM manager who is uh, very young, not that experienced, uh, creating content that seems great for them, but for if your customer is a C level B two B, then it may seem naive and uh, not that helpful. Right, so you've got to have senior people on your team uh, to become interesting. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, whether you outsource the content marketing or you build an in-house team, just take your time. Like, really understand, build long funnels, allocate money to it, and become your your audience the best your audience's best friend in this way you can become very successful you can grow really fast otherwise you know again coming back to the bottom of the funnel things you know i think like recently google ads didn't work well for many companies something happened don't know what happened for many companies it just didn't work so i speak to my friends and and a couple of agencies as well in the uk and they said you know our ads don't don't work so we are not gonna hit the quota for sure and then i go like you know then one why are you so dependent on the bottom of the funnel only right so it makes sense you know i mean it's we want to think that if we talk about our products or our services everybody is going to say wow I need that, and that's all I need to do, right? That's like very old school way of thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because this day and age, and studies have proven this, that what a buyer, a B2B buyer, thinks about you in terms of your expertise and the trust and confidence in you is more important than what the company does itself. Because yep. without that trust and confidence, you're not going to get this to the stage to talk about, oh, hey, here's specifically what we can do for you, right? So what you're talking about seems like there's a shift of like the 80-20 of like most CEOs want their CMOs spending 80% of the time talking to customers about what they do, 20% you know, making that number up, but it's a good illustration kind of at the top of the funnel, right? And building that, but let's focus more on the hot leads, right? And and the ones that we can talk to them about what we do. And am I hearing correctly that you want a much greater balance on that or even yep. a greater emphasis on the top of the funnel than the lower of the lower funnel? Yes, I do. That, 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 that's exactly what I mean. But also I would like to add that, you know, um, 
when you address the top of the funnel to the right audience, you can go strategically into the direction that you like. And if you purely depend on the bottom of the funnel, then you just get the hot leads that need your services right now, but it doesn't mean they are ideal customer profile. So you've got to be um, within your ICP, uh, within the industry that you like, within the company size that you like to sell to. And you don't even have to talk about what you do. Just talk about what they need. And so what I'm hearing there is, if you do that, you're going to attract an MQL that's much more qualified versus mm -hmm. MQLs where you're trying to qualify, they're not in your right IS, you know, ICP, so therefore you're spending your BDR team or sales team spending way too much time with leads that they never should have. And Absolutely. the whole focus on the top of the funnel and adding value in the way that you're talking about it in helps ensure that you're going to get better quality MQLs as a result. But also don't forget about the middle of the funnel. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You've got to be strategic with it as well. And don't forget about the customer retention as well. So it's not just the top of the funnel. Everything is important. Yes. But what I'm saying is that if you don't focus, because many companies don't focus on the top of the funnel, they just think about the bottom of the funnel and then hopefully retaining their customers uh, well. But what I'm saying is that you should definitely spend money on the top of the funnel and effort as well, but don't forget about the middle of the funnel. And uh, yeah, so you have to be strategic about the whole journey. And one thing that is going back a little bit to, you just said you've been spending the last two months because you've just joined this company, you know, talking to customers. The first company, when you joined, talk to customers. Mm -hmm. Is this something that should be in your recommendation, something that definitely is you're coming in new and you're educating yourself, but is this an ongoing thing? Do you ever stop talking to customers? I'm sure you wouldn't do it as much, right? seems like that's the number one thing you're doing right now, but do you ever I, stop talking to customers? Or how I do it as much, Steve, at any point of time. Well, not as much, but still I do this a lot. Uh, it's not only me, but I also bring other people uh, to the uh, meetings with customers and the potential customers as well. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I know that one uh, port, you know, one once um, one specific segment of your audience is SaaS companies, and I see that a lot when they are product-driven companies, where the development team says, "Hey, you know, we have this beautiful feature. Everybody's going to like that." Yeah. And they have not even talked to one customer. Yeah. They just don't know. They think it's cool because they are nice, you know, techie guys. Yeah. But I always bring uh, R&D uh, guys to meeting with, with actual customers and potential customers and just people from the industry. And that way your product becomes so much more valuable so fast. I've seen this over and over and over again. Let's talk about that a little bit more. When you say you bring others from the industry, R&D, you're talking about people that are outside of your company? That no, you're bringing I'm talking in? about inside. I'm talking about the inside because typically, okay. you know, the, the, the senior developer is never meeting anybody, I but see. they still initiate the new ideas for the new feature, for new this and that. Right, right. Right. And uh, it's important. So they meet the customers too. So they understand the way they're, customers think what they need 
and they sometimes they realize that what they've developed and they've been developing for a while that nobody needs that they, people need something else so you're helping them get that firsthand customer knowledge because you could mm -hmm. translate for them right you're a translation company one of them <laughs> you could translate mm -hmm. what you've been hearing from the customers but hearing it directly from the customers um uh, so important and it just seems to carry a lot of weight right you then you feel an affinity, you have a relationship with a customer versus a persona on a piece of paper or somebody that gets talked about. It's, it's, a, they're real, right? Yep. I love that. Yeah. Well, and that um, inspires, uh, inspires people within the company too. Yes. Yes. Marketing people and salespeople and C-level, they do speak to external world, right? Right. The other divisions within the company, they don't do that that much, right? Right. And it's such a joy to be in the meeting and, and you know speak to the real person, to the real customer who uses what you do. Yes. And that's beautiful. You know, we have this Zendesk application for the customer support managers. We started to bring in developers into those meetings with the actual users uh, and potential buyers and hear their feedback. You know, what you do this, you do that. And if you do that, that would be beautiful. So... Of course, they get this information from marketing all the time, but when they get to meet to the uh, to, to meet the person that actually uses this on a daily basis and you know compares to the competitors and so on and so forth, and they become so much more motivated. No, hundred percent. They feel I'm sure they feel empowered. They feel like they actually have a connection. Um, yep. I imagine it impacts everything they do in their in their jobs. Absolutely. Let me let me ask something earlier when you were talking about building brand equity, building value, building trust, building respect, and that you do that through content. I always ask everybody the same question on our podcast to rate the importance of content on a scale of one to 10, where one, not important to the success of the company at all. 10, it's vitally important to the success of the company. How would you rate it and why? It's a definite 10 for me, but don't do it too early. Think about it well. Really understand. Make sure that you know your customer first. If you don't, don't do it. That you, you could. You could invite the potential customer. You know, you can speak about other things. Don't even uh, talk about uh, your own product. So learn from them. You could record it, but many people don't want to do that. They want to learn first without, you know, showing... Uh, this whole process uh, to the external world. And I think it's okay to do to do that way as well. Uh, just interview your customers and record it and then, you know, put it, put it out as well. That's also valuable. I remember from our previous conversation that you had talked about that it almost took a year in one of the companies that you were involved yep. with to really understand the customer to the point where you felt like, marketing was then starting to hit its stride that's correct cps so you know i you know i graduated from the swiss uh executive uh, business school and you know it's 90 percent planning 10 percent execu execution so i'm like you know I'm, I, I like the swiss precision <laughs> <laughs> in a sense right so you know i i, I would rather I, i'm more conservative i would like to be prepared first and then go out into the market and then make make it a success well, from, from all of your background and the conversation that we've just had here, if there was a takeaway 
that you wanted the audience to remember above all else, what would that be? As a CEO, understand your customer yourself. Don't rely on anybody else in the company. Just also speak to customers all the time. Spend money on the top of the funnel. Do it well. Be organic. Be someone who people can like, know, and trust and respect because you're available to their life, not because of your solution, but because you're part of their community. Now, the second part to that is, since this is a series on what do CEOs want from their CMOs, what's the one word of advice or soundbite of advice that you want to give CMOs, B2B CMOs? Ooh, don't burn out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stressful job. Yeah. You've got to uh, jiggle so many balls at the same time. Uh, so it's one of the most difficult jobs, I think, on the sea level. Uh, like, really, there are so many things going on at the same time. So many things don't go right at the same time. So you've got to have a thick skin on the one hand. And on the other hand, you, uh, you've got to be empathic and help the team uh, to be even more valuable to your, to, to your target audience. Uh, and uh, make sure your CFO understands the, 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 the importance of the, of, 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 of the uh, top of the funnel. That's my advice. Well, I... I believe 100% when you say you've got CMOs, you've got a really tough job and they don't last very long. We did a whole series on why the B2B CMOs fail so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually proven. They're, they, they last half as long as CEOs. They have the shortest tenure of all the C-suite. So yep. uh, I agree 100%. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for coming in and sharing this. Um, if, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you and ask a follow-up question, what would be the best way? Is it LinkedIn or how can we? Yeah, just hit me up on, on LinkedIn. Fantastic. We'll do that. We'll put a link into um, all of this as it goes up online. And thank you very much. Words of wisdom that we all needed to hear. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here.